What's up, guys, and welcome to our very first episode of the podcast that doesn't have a name yet. My name is Taylor Bradley. And my name's Alex Yankovic. We're so excited to have you guys here. Yes, thank you so much for being our groundwork, for setting the literal stage for us. Um, Alex and I are so excited. Uh, This has been an idea that we've talked about for quite a while now, and give or take a global pandemic, we're finally putting it into fruition. So um, I'm thrilled that you're listening. Um, Alex, how are you feeling? I'm feeling so good. I'm weirdly, I'm going to sound so annoying because I know everyone is really struggling right now, but I'm actually so thankful for this time right now. I've just, I think for a long period of time, I did not know who I was outside of being like a dancer and a performer and an artist. And I've realized that I'm actually an okay human being outside of working. And so it's been a really lovely time, like connecting with myself. And um, I've weirdly been like more inspired than ever. And my thoughts have been extremely clear. So things are good. We obviously have our down moments, but we're pushing through and I'm loving it. How are you holding up? Yo, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, um, it's day by day. You know, some days I'm like, everything's fine. And some days are, uh, things are not fine. But the underlying, the median, the heartbeat is that it's fine and we're going to be fine. But yeah, I completely agree with what you're saying. I feel like this has really showed my true colors. Um, as far as my relationship to dance, which this is a whole nother huge topic I want to get into more in depth later. But um, yeah, when I, as a professional dancer, when I feel like we're the only ones like that are still in this covid effectiveness like every other industry has gone back but they're like Mm. no live entertainment and i'm like okay well whenever you're ready so and i don't know if that's just my blinders of social media and that's all i see or if that's the reality but yeah the silver lining to that is it's been very telling to what my priorities are i've never i I mean and we'll talk more about this uh in in future episodes but i'm such a self-diagnosed workaholic and i Mm -hmm. can't say no to anything and so for me to literally for someone to tell me sit on your couch and don't leave your house for a month was like literally groundbreaking for me so um yeah a lot of self-discovery but um yeah mostly mostly very good so so yeah so thanks for that um for our listeners that sounds fun to say um (laughs) a little bit of background so first of all my name is taylor bradley frequently referred to as t t brad tay many names Similarly, my dear friend, colleague, best friend, co-host, Alex Yankovic, which we decided her first and last name both have nine letters, so that's convenient. <laughs> but um, uh, Yankovic, as it's a mouthful, I'll frequently call her Yank, A-Yank, Alex, Alpal, Yankotos. We have a plethora, a, uh, what's the word, the, a cornucopia of nicknames for each other. So uh, the good news is I, I sound like a man and she sounds like a beautiful woman. That is, sister. yes, that is the good news. We have, yeah, I feel like I'm excited to like test out our radio voices. Yeah, and full disclaimer, we don't know what the hell we're doing. This is literally, we are on our laptops on Zoom, on our AirPods right now. So if you're like, wow, they are in a fancy studio, you are incorrect. <laughs> um, we are literally making this up as we go. And I am uh, in my bathroom. <laughs> I'm actually showering right now. You didn't even know. Um, It's really low water pressure. But um, no, so please do excuse the fact that um, this is a very new process for us. And I understand audio quality is a huge deal to podcast as that's all you have, right? Is us in your ears. So uh, please be patient with us as we continue to learn and grow and develop. But again, thank you for listening and tuning in. So let's go ahead and get started to give you guys kind of a uh, overview of what what our episodes are going to look like. Ideally, we will spend the first few minutes just being idiots and saying hi and making stupid jokes. We're both uh, avid SpongeBob fans, so there's probably going to be a lot of SpongeBob quotes in there, so just be ready for that. And then we're going to have a special guest for you guys each week for uh, an interview, insights into different aspects of the industry. Um, I mean, Alex, what are some of the topics that we have listed out so far? Man, there's seriously so many. I think, first of all, we can start off with how everyone has adjusted through this time uh, during the pandemic and how they've stayed inspired and how they've kept working and created new jobs and kind of shifting, you know, what their goals are. So I think that's an amazing place to start. But there's so many things to talk about with 
um, choosing kind of the path you want to be on with your dance career, the steps you need to take to get there and realizing that everybody's path and everybody's timeline is completely different. And so it's really just about like learning from these experts and these masters and taking little things that you can add, you know, to your recipe in becoming a more well-rounded artist. And I think also touching on topics about money and finances and how we're getting paid as dancers, how we're getting paid as teachers, how we're getting paid as choreographers and kind of sifting through all of that information that sometimes seems really elusive to us as dancers. And like, there's no really, a, there's no handbook for this. So kind of, you know, going through that and also improving upon our dance environment and improving upon our dance community, how we can make things better, how we, we can have better conversations, better classes, and just overall, you know, becoming more well-rounded um, people and artists. Absolutely. And I, I, I love everything that you just said. My favorite word that stuck out to me was conversation. I want this, and I, at both Alex and I, I want this to be a conversation, not only between us, but between the entire dance industry, beyond dance, entertainment, right? I feel like uh, we all as performers, whether you're professional, whether you're, you're still studying in high school, in college, there's no real clear structure compared to, you know, my friends in college that were business majors, finance majors, there's a corporate ladder and, you know, A, B, C, and then you get to D. But honestly, the, dan the dance industry is alphabet soup that was then spilled on the floor and then you're like, figure it out, you know? So, Perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, to, to add on to what Alex is saying, we have a, we're such dorks, we have this little like inspiration board. And so to name off a few episode ideas, we're talking about uh, intensives, uh, audition etiquette, makeup, physique, looks, the dance publication, social media, uh, performance quality, improv and choreography, eating disorders, health, wellness, cross-training, fitness, writer's block, um, do's and don'ts of the industry. Um, yeah, so in short, we're going to address just about, hopefully, everything that you've ever thought or been confused about as a dancer. <laughs> so, um, yay, very excited for that. For this first episode, though, let's break the ice, right? Let's uh, let's get to know who each other are. Alex and I know each other quite well, actually. We go way back. Uh, we met as freshmen in college at the University of Arizona, in beautiful Tucson, Arizona, um, where we both uh, moved there to be dance majors. Um, and yeah, honestly, it was our freshman year, uh, fall semester. I was like this girl's really good and also she's really funny and also she's just a great person and so i was instantly drawn to alex and uh you know they always say trust your gut and like 100 percent uh to this day she is one of the hardest working um just has a good name for her uh in every town uh she was in las vegas with me for the past five years but recently just uh transcended to la and just anyone that you talk to that's met Alex is going to just say, I love her. She's incredible. She's a great artist. She's a great teacher. She's a great friend. And so uh, I'm so proud of this friendship and proud of this now new working relationship that we've established. Um, so, yeah, Kira, Alex, that how was do we so know nice. <laughs> Thank you so much. I say that because I'm, I'm really not nice at all ever. But uh, no, <laughs> no that was seriously like that um, makes me so happy. What are, you, so, what are your thoughts on that? How did, like, as far as us meeting and us knowing each other? And you don't have to just give me compliments because I just gave you them. <laughs> no, it's so crazy because I think when um, we were freshmen, I just was like, oh, my God, this guy was in Footloose. That's so cool. Like, I want to be in movies. Like, how do I make this happen? But um, And I'm over no, here like, this girl was on Rosary Dance Team, the best <laughs> in the country. So we were both obsessed with each other. Let's put it that way. I just, I really enjoyed you know, I think a lot of people ask dancers, like, why do you go to college and major in dance? And that's like, absolutely an amazing question to ask. Like, it's so good to go through that. And I think for me, like the social aspect of um, college, because I went to all girls high school, and I went to Catholic school, basically kindergarten through, you know, senior year of high school, like I really, really wanted to branch out from that. And also from my dance friends, even though I just went to U of A and like became close to my dance friends too. But it was all about, you know, socializing. And I just was so like blown away. I just was in this, you know, space where I just was sitting back and watching 
And I remember you choreographed um, a piece your freshman year. And I remember being like, oh my God, that's so brave. Like <laughs> the freshman you choreographed this piece and it like was so good and it was like so well done. And like the choreography oh, was you. so mature and um, it was just like a expert. And it, I just, it was so inspiring. And I think we always were like snowballing off each other. Oh my God. I can't believe I just went snowballing. Oh my God. That's like, I love that. As a verb. Every meeting ever. Um, just to snowball off of that. Uh, hey, hey, just to circle back. Hey, just touching base. Hey, all the things like to all the fancy words to be like, yo, what? I say circle back all the time. So, but and, and from like, here on out, I'll be like Toronto de Jam. Ew, I hate yeah. you for even thinking of that. And then I actually said those words. Whatever, continue. Uh, but yes, I love our friendship basically in short because I'm always feeling like new inspiration from you and um, new music, and it's always so great to take your class and. Yeah, I just, I really am so thankful for our friendship in that way because I think it's grown so much over these past years. But 100%. it all started with just sitting back and watching. And like, I think it's really important for dancers just to, you know, kind of bring this to the audience. Like, it's so good to like be working hard and dancing all the time, but it's also good to be watching your peers. And I, like, that's the start of our friendship is just watching each other and being like, okay, I'm 100%. learning. Like this is Isn't that funny too? Like our career is performing and both what you and I are saying is it's amazing to sit back and watch which like is sometimes defined as a weakness. But like I say it all the time too when I teach, I'm like, are you watching your peers? Like, no, the combo, but watch Cindy because Cindy's probably doing that thing really well and steal from I'm Cindy. I'm stealing so. from Cindy for Cindy sure. I'm, like, Cindy, I'm taking this. I would love to try and introduce you and, and give you like read your bio that I just made up in my head. And I would love for you to do the same. And if Ooh, yeah. it's correct or incorrect, that's fine. But um, so fun. I'll go first. Okay. So um, ladies and gentlemen, this is my dear friend, Alexandra Yonkovich, uh, fondly known as Alex Yonk, a Yonk. Um, she's originally from Irvine, California. Um, she has a super great family. Um, they have the most adorable ragdoll cats. Uh, most recently is Izzy, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Izzy. Okay. I always get it confused with the other ones we don't talk about. No, anymore, Sophie. But Sophie was like half Sophie, dead when. Sophie may may rest in peace. Um, but Alex grew up in the competition circuit. Uh, but her her one of her actually I don't even say your main focus because I feel like you were so dually split between competition and competitive dance team. Alex attended Rosary High School, um, which if you have any involvement in uh, competitive high school dance teams, you know that they are like the top dogs. She uh, was featured in, in so many numbers at the University of Arizona when we were together. I had an opportunity to create, to work, to lift, to dance. Um, to date Dash and, and social events uh, with her. She's a member of the Kappa Alpha Theta sorority. Um, and yeah, she moved to Las Vegas 2015 to be a dancer in the Beatles Love Show here in Las Vegas. Um, she quickly climbed the ranks and uh, backed up a professional role as Eleanor, uh, who is a dance soloist in the show. She participated in the Refresh in 2016 which was spearheaded by Nappy Tabs, uh, Napoleon and Tabitha Jumo. Um, from there, she moved on to become artist coach for the show. She said goodbye to the show after five incredible years of uh, just shining and spreading peace and love for so long um, on that beautiful stage with Mirage. So ladies and gentlemen, I present to you my dear friend, my co-host, Alexandra Yankovic. Yes. Applause, 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 so applause. Nice. Okay, How did cool. I do, was my it turn. okay? Yeah, How many so lies good. did I tell? Probably like six. <laughs> All right, listeners, we have the one and only Taylor Bradley, tbrad10 for his Instagram handle, if you need it. He is 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, good three. job. <laughs> He's 6'2". Depending on the audition. De <laughs> depending on the role. Uh, right. He's 6'2", uh, sometimes 6'1". Uh, but he's from Roswell, Georgia. Grew up in the competition circuit, has an amazing uh, feedback trio from uh, <laughs> Hall of Fame <laughs> finals. <laughs> no, but seriously, T-Brad is one of the greatest dancers and partners like I've ever come across. Everybody who meets him instantly loves him, has worked probably more jobs than you can count. He was in Footloose, the remake with Julianne Huff 
and Kenny. Kenny Wormald, yep. Yes. And was also in that Lucy Hale uh, ABC Family uh, movie, The Cinderella Story. Am yeah, I, I always right? tell people Cinderella Story, and they're like, Hillary Duff. And I'm like, no, the next one. They're like, Selena Gomez. And I'm like, no, the next one. And they're like, there's a third. And I'm like, yes, it was with Lucy Hale, which no shade on Lucy Hale. That entire cast was incredible. She was amazing. But yeah, unfortunately, it, it, it didn't have the same spotlight that uh, the first two did. But still so much fun. And you did Vampire Diaries as well. Correct. Yeah. Did a few yes. Vampire Diaries. Yeah, That's time. amazing. Um, and Taylor Bradley is a graduate of the University of Arizona. He was part of the fraternity SIG EP. Am I, <laughs> am I saying the full name? No, it's SIG. Sigma Phi Epsilon. Epsilon. There it is. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You got there. Sigma Phi Epsilon, yes. He moved to Las Vegas for um, Showstoppers in 2015 at the same time that I was starting at the Beatles love and he was he was also in La Rev. He was also in Wow and Cirque du Soleil's One Night for One Drop and many other shows including The Beatles Love which it was so amazing to have you there uh dancing next to me. It was like just so much fun. And so I just you've worked I'm listing like the smallest amount of jobs that you've done but you've seriously worked everywhere and worked at La Rev for what is it 3 years? Yeah, I was at La Rev. I went there 2018 until they unfortunately just shut their doors a few months ago, thanks to Miss Rona. But yeah, it was an incredible show, and I'm sure we'll dive in, dive we'll dive into that pun intended another episode because I would love to talk about all the water and the fire and yes. you know all the things. But um, but yeah, thanks, Alex. That was so sweet and so uh, yeah, so kind of you. And um. Now, I promise you this podcast is going to be more than just two friends just bragging about each other. So, But again, for now, this is our first episode. We don't really know what the hell we're doing. So we're uh, just going to yeah, continue with this uh, interview process. So Alex and I both have a couple of questions for each other, and I figure we can just kind of go back and forth. And we'll try, uh, I'll say our personal goal is like under two minutes for each answer, because I know I could full on be like, well, I was born in a log cabin, and this is it, right? But like, Taylor, keep it cute, keep it brief. So, um, cool. Alex, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Al Pal, my first question for you. Who is your biggest inspiration in the dance world? Five, six, seven, eight, go. Okay, so I'm going to go with like who it is currently right now. Okay. Uh, because I am in love with Dancing with the Stars this season. I think they maybe brought in a whole new uh, production team. I don't know. It's extremely incredible. And uh, Derek Huff and his uh, partner, Haley Herbert, um, they performed this past week. And it was the most stunning ballroom duet I have seen ever. It was just and I think that's not just because of COVID and like we've been re I've been rewatching old videos of live performances and, and this was just fresh and exciting. Like it truly was the essence of perfection and technique. And it just was so inspiring. Like immediately after I was like, Oh my God, like, can I go take a ballroom class? And so I think right. my biggest inspirations right now, it's very like short term. It's been very short term where I've been like, I feel this burst of energy from this person. And then I'm like, whoa, I really want to like look more into that. But it was just so refined and entertaining and just beautiful. So right now uh, that was super inspiring. I'm also been, I've been really inspired by Jacob Jonas company. Um, their Amazing. Social media, their social media stuff is pretty incredible and it's really nice. I'm not familiar where are they They're based uh, in Los Angeles and okay. they're, they performed with Kanye West at Hollywood Bowl. Um, I think that was like two years ago. I'm totally not um, up on the exact date, but they're very visually um, stimulating. And like a lot of their work is just, just so you can see it on social media. It's beautiful photography. It's beautiful dance moves. It's all this simple but intentional movement. So I've been really, during COVID, I've been extremely inspired by them as well. I love that, dude, Kanye crazy but like yay for always using artists and dancers okay so i want to ask you since you do quite a few um competition routines and i feel like you always seem to find great music but i would love to know where you start like if someone comes to you and says you know i need these competition routines done and it's a group 
um, where do you start? Like you go to your music first and then where does your process go? Cause sometimes for me, I like really find like blockage with that. So I'm just really curious to how you're able to get that done. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm actually in this weird crossroads right now because I, I remember I was 18 and people, I was 18 from a small town in Georgia, but I was the only boy that danced, uh, give or take a few others. But so people trusted me with choreography, which says a whole nother episode about male and female energy in the dance industry. But for whatever reason, um, I was like choreographing at age 16. And uh, the numbers that I set back then were like fire, like would win first overall, like up until I was about 19. And then, yeah, it's not to say that it slowed down or changed, but I feel like I took myself out of that scene and therefore I wasn't quite as relevant. And as we all know, that in the competition circuit, it changes so rapidly that if you're not there, then suddenly you're outdated. And so I'm not trying to say that I'm outdated, but I've taken my inspiration from different sources. Uh, most recently, I just set a piece at a local studio in Las Vegas for the first time in like three years. And the instruction from them is we want fun, confident, sassy jazz, which I always think it's funny when people ask a six foot two, 210 pound man to set fun, confident, sassy jazz. I'm like, okay, pussycat dolls on repeat. But um, no, I'm actually, this is something I struggle with a lot with uh, my, my confidence in my choreography, um, which everybody does, but especially in the caveat of competition choreography, because I try to bring something new. I'll be honest, I've never judged a competition in my life, um, but I know friends that have, and I know that misery of like, if I see one more number to work me down, I'm going to gouge my eyes out. So I try to bring something different. And I, um, I'll be honest, I, I don't know if it's like sunk in with the studio yet. They're very kind and, and they're great people, but I gave them something a little bit more concert oriented, kind of, I actually pulled a lot of inspiration from Andrew Winghart from when we worked with him for One Night for One Drop, but tried to be very visual. For those of you that don't know, Andrew Winghart also choreographed uh, Lord's World Tour. Lord, that's L-O-R-D-E, not like Lord Savior. But, um, <laughs> and we loved working with him because everything was so contextual and visual, and it looked like an iTunes visualizer on stage. And so I tried to bring that element to this piece, and I just, I'm, I'm reminded that it's, with a different crowd and I'm not going to choreograph leg spin, fuete, switch kick to the floor split because I haven't done that in 10 years. And so um, I still haven't even gotten close to answering your question, which is what is my process? My process is first overanalyzing everything that I ever do. Um, <laughs> next, nextly, I feel like I have for, uh, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Nextly, I feel like I have imposter syndrome. Um, I have it but, so hard. I have it daily. This is like a nine episode. This is like a series of, of so many episodes we're going to get into later. Uh, so stay tuned. But my, my process, like you said, I start with music. I'm so music driven at any point of my life. I don't watch TV. Like when I clean the house, I, I listen to music. I, I, if I watch TV, I get distracted. If I listen to music, I get inspired. And so I start with music. I always start in the middle. I never start at the beginning or the end because I think those are always the hardest parts. I, I know what the, the main gist of the plot's going to be. I don't know how I'm going to introduce them. Or I don't know how I'm going to leave you with them, but I know how I want it to be in the middle. And so I start there and then expand, which I've noticed uh, some of my students, especially the younger ones, kind of get frustrated with that. Um, but you know, that's the process. That's the way that I work. And I'm also very visual. I move things formationally. So I struggle when studios are like, put Tammy in the front the whole time. I'm like, nope, because I love to create pictures with formation changes. Um, and so I always say when I work with students, I don't care how good you are. You could be the best, could be the worst. You're, you've been casted in this piece. Therefore, we are all equal. And I give you all the equal opportunity to to grow because I think that's another thing too in studios a lot of times students get pigeonholed into you're a good dancer you're, you're a turner you're this you're that and then you don't have the chance to do anything else yeah so, and then no one's challenged and then no one gets exactly. better and we're all in our so, we're all in our holes that like people put us in we didn't get to grow out of them right so long story even longer I start with my music I start in the middle and I vibe out and and I like to create shapes and pictures and um and yeah so if anybody needs any competition choreography for the 2021 <laughs> season, Alex and I are both available. But, I was going to yeah. say moving, um, tr like transitions and moving formations is quite the gift 
that's something spatial, I really- Spatial design. And that's what I, I on spatial design, I don't, I don't, like people are like, choreography wise, I don't make that cool of moves. I can make a cool production. But like my actual choreography, give me a jazz square, give me a pivot turn, and I'm cool with it. But I'm gonna stage it so it looks bomb. You yeah, know? Yeah, you have the Busby Berkeley eye. And I wish. Oh my gosh. I, uh, my uh, choreographer for our dance team routines for Rosary Dan Sapp. He I was about to say, I, I can't wait gift. for the Dan episode because I want to know about yeah. Dan. We're gonna get him on this show, and I can't wait to pick his brain. He's the king of moving formations like everybody moves formations you have no idea how they just did it and for me i'm like how are we we're gonna end our our dance moves and then we're gonna go party 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 to the next right i'm just like formation walk three walk. eighths of choreo one eighth to transition but yeah you know. um well cool well yay i hope that kind of answered your question can you kind of describe like either your most favorite or your biggest quote unquote pinch me moment that you've ever had like any or you could even uh change that to like a full circle moment like your favorite moments were like wow i can't believe i'm here and thank god i'm here like this is amazing oh geez okay so my favorite pinch me moment i mean i will say i have i have two and i have to share both because one i'm embarrassing and the other one is uh, my actual pinch me moment but um, so, uh, for those of you that are listening, my, I was fortunate enough living in Atlanta, Georgia, that, um, my very first job on my 18th birthday was, I was a dancer in the remake of Footloose in 2011. And I was just, it was like <laughs> almost a surprise. I had to lie about my age getting to the audition because I wasn't That's 18. how you do and, it. That's what it takes. And that's how you do it. We'll have an episode on lying coming up soon. But, um, <laughs> no, I remember getting the call from she wasn't even my agent, but, um, it was a, uh, derivative of MSA in the South. It was called block South. No, cause that's block. It was called dance 411. I'm sorry. Anyways, I got a call from my agent that was representing me in Georgia and 17 year old me goes, you booked this job. It's with Paramount pictures and here's what's happening. And I specifically remember being like, okay, cool. Great. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. I thought I hung up, put the phone down, and I literally screamed, like, full-on, like, party girl, like, oh, my gosh, someone just asked me to prom, like, so giddy, and then I realized the phone was still on, and I went to go <laughs> text someone, and I was like, oh, my gosh, she just heard me have my full-on celebration party, but whatever, if that's the worst thing that happened in my career, well, damn it, I deserve it. That's 17 yeah, then old, they know so. that, like, they hired someone who's grateful <laughs> yeah. and, and just so excited. But you know that my agent was listening, like, oh, okay, okay, it's a first job. Um, but, no, I mean, I know this is probably cliche between us, but for our listeners, um, the, the day that I got the call to be a part of Cirque du Soleil and I got that offer for the Beatles Love Show, I still remember specifically, I was driving in my car. Um, ironically, if you don't live in Las Vegas, then you wouldn't know that the Cirque du Soleil corporate offices, which we affectionately refer to as RSD, that's Resident Show Division, is located right on the way home from the Strip and where I live. So I pass it every single day and there's big letters that say Cirque du Soleil. And I remember when I've, I, it's, this is something we'll get into in later episodes, but my process getting into Cirque was a five-year, uh, two cattle call, six private auditions, nine video submissions. Like, it, no, it, it wasn't so cut, copy, paste. Um, so you can imagine that when I got this phone call, finally after years of trying and years of watching my literal best friend, Alex Yankovic, being in uh, these incredible shows and working for this, my dream company, when I got this call, I had to pull over. Like I, on the 215, I had to pull over. And let me tell you, I had the same party girl scream, but this time I hung up. So good job, Taylor. Sarah <laughs> Davidson, you didn't hear me have my 13-year-old uh, quinceanera fiesta party scream. But I, I just, I remember being so proud of myself because it was the first time in my life that I was like, this is something I want. This is my dream and I'm going to keep working towards it. And I got there and I, I consider myself to be like, I, I don't like to be braggadocious. I don't like to, I'm not contrary to this episode, which is entirely us talking about our resumes and how we know each other. <laughs> I, I'm not one. I, I, I don't like to, to 
I want to be known for me, not for my resume. And this was an instance where I was like, Taylor, your work paid off. Like you're doing something right. Keep it up. And I've, I've never been more proud of myself and I've never been, I called my mom right away. I called my dad and I called my dance teachers and I was like, you guys, I did it. And just to, to be able to deliver that news, I think as a gay man, I don't think I'll ever get to say I'm pregnant, but that's about the closest I'll get to it. (laughs) You gave birth to the dream job. (laughs) Yeah. I just birthed a child out of, out of my life. No, and I think it's really important. Someone asked me that question the other day, and I honestly, like, I had to really think about that answer, but I think it's super important to ask yourself, okay, when was this moment? Like, take note of that when those moments happen to you. Like, write it down because then you know exactly what you're working for. Then, like, you're kind of more on this focused focused path, and it's not about um, cause and effect. And it's not about just being something being super easy, putting your recipe together and boom, you have a meal. It's definitely like peaks and valleys. And like you said, it took six private auditions and nine different videos, but like be aware of the moments when it happened and realize that something went into it and it was not cut, copy, paste, but you got there. Totally. Well, and it's funny you say that because like we're raised Social studies, fourth grade, what did you do? Make a timeline of the 1850s. And it was just all of these high points. And it's okay to be like, yep, this is a high point. This is my my Instagram real life moment. This is a highlight. And it's okay to celebrate that. And yeah, I love what you said, taking a moment to recognize that because we're the first people, we're the, sorry, we are the last people to celebrate ourselves and the first people to, to criticize. And so- yeah, when you get to these pinch me moments, pinch your damn self <laughs> all over and enjoy it. So, yay. Thank you, Al. Okay, next up for you, what am I going to ask Alex? All right, Alexandra, what was the worst audition mistake that you've ever made? No pressure. Okay, so I'm going to be real. <laughs> get <laughs> real. I freaking love, I love auditions. And honestly, uh, I always try on what I'm going to wear like the day before and obviously the morning of because a nighttime stomach and butt and a morning stomach and butt are totally two totally different things. I can't, but I get it. But <laughs> so, I can't. And I really think everybody should feel like extremely confident in what they're wearing. So I always enjoy auditions. I love putting on a face makeup wise and um, emotionally wise. Like I love that. But um, I, don't know if it would, I think I would consider a mistake when I was at the Moulin Rouge callback this past February, I have grown like increasingly more insecure as I've gotten older. And it's really, really annoying because back, I feel like in 2014, when I was in school, like I did whatever. And I asked zero questions. I was like, Nope, I know I can do this. It's going to be great. And I think I doubt myself a lot more now just, I feel like, cause the stakes are maybe higher Um, because I just always am looking for like that next big job and like the next big thing to like stack on top of this. And so I feel that pressure, but at the callback, I, and we're obviously all in like fishnets and bra and everybody like it's nine. Give me sexy Mulan Rouge, baby. Yeah. Like we, we are, you know, your can can girls. And I did not focus as soon as we started learning choreography, I was not focusing on me and getting low in my plie and like being present for me, I was comparing myself to literally everyone. Like looks wise, outfit. Looks wise, outfit wise. Like, oh my God, like I don't belong in this room. Like I shouldn't be in this room. Like I, I just was, I could feel myself getting that feeling. I, the reason I don't want to call it a full mistake is because I got out of it eventually by the time we were doing it in half and half groups and by the time right. we were doing it like five at a time six at a time i was in it i was there i was alex so i was proud of myself for getting out of that headspace where i was comparing myself and how i looked well, to everybody else and i and as, focused in as backstory it's so moulin rouge choreographed by sonia taille right so like very contemporary very low and grounded so if you're yes. up in your brain space like figuratively or metaphorically Wait, that's the same thing. <laughs> if you're up in your brain space, 
figuratively or literally you're you out of your wrong. legs and you're yeah she's so low and grounded and hungry and oh such beautiful choreography but yes like so we got so there much fun we got there i got there i i felt so good i felt so good about it when i left i was like i gave it my all so no matter what happens like i know i did my best but I, a mistake is you need to show up in the warm-up room not worrying about everybody else like literally warm yourself up stop comparing yourself because you are there for a reason it's a callback you're there for a reason own it and i think i listen to so many different podcasts about auditions and stuff like that it's like you really never know what they're looking for and i i get into that headspace of like oh well they would never pick me because my hair is short or like i don't have big boobs and stuff like that i'm like you seriously never know you should always go and you should always go presenting like your best self so i think that would be that will always be my biggest mistake, but I'm so happy I was able to mentally get out of that space and own it. And I got there, but there's definitely probably been times totally. in the past where I didn't get there. So it's about getting there, but honestly, ultimately showing up in that. So can I, can I, sh I love that. Can I share the story about our Beatles love audition? The first yes, one in Salt please. Lake. I knew you were so, going to do it. I'm so excited. Of course I had to. And I still can't believe I had the audacity to, to, to do this. So, um listeners if you're still with us first of all thank you again and like you guys get a gold star we'll send out like pins um for our show that you can throw on your like backpack or something that hey you survived the first episode but so alex and i auditioned for cirque du soleil in salt lake city in 2015 and it was our both our first time auditioning for the company and it's we will talk all about this in a future episode but it's a grueling three-day like full out like not only choreo but improvisation and like character development and but i didn't know this happened but alex reminded me of this recently she was like you know at my circ audition we were doing partnering for come together which is a number in beatles love and it's like the sexy partnering like into each other like body contact hippie free love number and <laughs> apparently I remember specifically they called Alex out like two or three times. Because like, I was going to get cut. I, they were like, this girl's not giving it. No, And I remember I, like they called me out and because you and I, yeah, no. Okay. Sorry. Like, so we, we partnered together and obviously that's like, you know, writing your name with your dominant hand. I was like, clearly I Alex and I could like, you could be like, pick each other's nose. And I'm like, okay, which nostril? But, um, <laughs> remember watching her it was in a group that i wasn't in and she was partnering with someone that she didn't know who ironically also ended up booking the show and has been a castmate of ours but <laughs> apparently i was in such like uh i was in like attack mode and i was like you're gonna get this i'm gonna get this so i went up to her after it and i said alex you look great lift your eyes up i was like you're staring at the floor what are you doing <laughs> which when she told me this i'm like what i said that like who the hell am i to be honest? i needed it from a place of, of of friend review but it's funny how like it's such a, a tricky line because she thought she was gonna get cut and i was like obviously she's gonna stay but i'm like girl you got beautiful eyes show them off and it's just funny i'm i i will credit myself she then made it past the audition and then was called immediately after for a full-time position Let's, in the show so you're I, it was your the, it was 10%. the exact words that I needed, and I remember it so clearly. I was like in my like tie dye sports bra. I'm like, the Lulu we are a hippie. I'm in a the hippie. front, floral. I know exactly yes, what you were yes. wearing. I still have the picture. And I remember they like called me out to do it again. It was right after you said that to me, and I went in, and I was in the whitest second you've ever seen. I let Devon slide through my legs. I. I was. I, it gave me that boost because like I sometimes just get in that headspace where. And I do that too when I'm improvising. You know, I love to be internal and like that feels so good. Right, and we all do. You cannot be internal. Like you literally need to be out-ternal. Other topics for future shows. So yeah, I love that. But yeah, that was just, it was such a funny moment for me because again, circling back, I don't, I don't ever want to be like the dance coach or like that you're doing this wrong. But for her to say that to me, I was like, I said that, but whatever. No, it worked it. out. We're still friends. We both got jobs. So yeah, you could call it. <laughs> All right, Alexandra, we are at our final question for each other. Let me review my notes. I know what I'm going to ask. Um, Alex, 
What is the number one thing that you would tell your younger self? Younger could be middle school, high school, yesterday, whatever that means to you. What's the number one thing that piece of advice you would give to yourself? So advice to my younger self is to not worry about what anyone else is doing. Uh, finding a healthy way of, like we said earlier, looking at your peers and seeing the things you can learn from them instead of they're here and I'm not. Like they won and I didn't. And I think I got really hung up on that when I was a lot younger. I just was constantly, shoot, I guess I haven't learned much, constantly comparing myself um, to other people. And I think my advice would just be like, focus on you, Alex. Like embrace the things that make you Alex. Embrace the things that make you you. Like I have really exaggerated facial expressions. And I felt like people probably made fun of me for that. And it's like, nope, embrace it. It's fine. Like, don't not do that. Because those are the things that, you know, and I, that's for anybody else too, to take as you please. Like, I've learned so much growing up. Like, the things that make you, you are what draw people to you. And I think having non-dancers as your audience, if they feel something from you, like, you've won. Like that means everything to not have an expert to, or to have a non-expert, like say like, oh, I was moved by you. Like I was moved by what you gave. Like that's money. That's why I dance. Like I'm it's not for the other dancers, even though like, yeah, that's cool. But it's for people like my parents. It's for anyone else who has no idea about dancing and they never understood it before. And I'm going to make them understand. As we I'm affectionately refer to them, the yeah. muggles. As, as, as the, we call I them. call my, everyone muggles and whatever I my see Harry a muggle, Potter fan. yeah whenever I see a muggle standing at Starbucks in a perfect first position turnout and like they don't even need it I'm like what are you doing right which uh listeners if you are not familiar with Harry Potter uh muggles are the non-magic people in the very wizarding world of Harry Potter and so in this analogy we are saying the non-dancers to the dancer world but why is it the muggles have the best they, they the break in half and they're I'm like what do you do and they're like insurance sales and I'm like great cool good thing I'm trying to break my foot in half but that's fine no <laughs> I think Alex that's, short, that's beautiful just be yourself. all right go ahead in short to your younger self be yourself no matter what like pay attention to you be a gracious person learn from your peers but don't change in that aspect and man, I love that. And if I were to ask myself the same question, I'd say the exact same thing is we are all so we are like brought into this world, especially this dance world, which we live in front of mirrors and our job is getting judged by people um, to assimilate and to be a part of something. And so it's so hard to be yourself when you're trying to get the job or you're trying to do, you know, you're like, I'll do anything. And you, there's so it's so easy to lose your sense of self. And so um, Bravo to you, friends. I think you've done an excellent job and paved such a beautiful path for yourself of being you and building your brand as Alex Yankovic. And I'm just, I'm so proud of, I know you've had those internal struggles. I've had them and every dancer has, but I, I'm just so proud of, of the artist and the dancer that you've become. And it's really inspiring to me. So, um, so thank you for that. Thank you, T. Brad. That means yeah. seriously so much to me. You have no idea. Oh, um, I have my last question for you. Let's go. What you got? Um, well, okay, this is... I just thought of this, but I did not have this one written down. Um, okay. but you, it kind of like came to my brain. What would you describe like your brand as, your Taylor Bradley brand? And if mm. you can't describe what it is now, what do you want it to be? Like, what would your legacy slash brand be? Um, either dance-wise or, or life-wise? I love this question because I feel like, especially in COVID, um, everything is about what's your brand? Who are you? What's your identity? Which is important to know, but it's also important that it's ever-changing and there may not be an exact answer or you may not fit into a box at this time. But to answer your question, I, first of all, I want to be an open resource. I never want to be unapproachable. I don't ever want to be one of those catty, I say LA just because it's cliche, but no offense to my LA people. I know it happens everywhere. New York, Chicago, Miami, Vegas. Like there's those people that are like, I'm too good for you and you don't deserve to talk to me. And that is the antithesis of what I want to be. I want you to be like, 
hey, I'm 12 years old and I'm giving up soccer to start dance. What do you think? And I want to have that conversation. So transparency, first and foremost. Secondly, um, fostering a community of acceptance, both through movement and in personality, identity. I've recently, um, in light of <laughs> the crazy year that 2020 was, I used to teach, here's the boy version, here's the girl version. Yes. But now I say, here's the way I'm going to do it. And if you want to feminize it or masculinize it, that's cool. Because who am I to tell you how to do anything? And I'm not casting a movie and you don't have to be perfect. I've had instances where that's been blown out of proportion. And I'm like, that's not at all what I asked for. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm trying to adjust more into the culture of it's not black and white. It's not yes and no. It's not man and woman. It's movement. And I think that's important. And, um, it's funny because especially in Las Vegas, I've kind of gotten pigeonholed into the musical theater category, which I love. I I will give you Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers all day long, baby. Um, but typically that genre, it has a masculine and a female role. And so it's been fun for me to explore kind of the inner workings of playing with that. And I don't want to say gender bender, but shit, I'll say it, gender bender. Like, why does it, why do I have to be Fred? Why do you have to be Ginger? And why can't we play with that? And because I think, the awareness of both. I am amazed at women in heels and men in heels um, and how women dance with their hair. And I mean, as a man, I feel comfortable lifting and taking space and commanding a room. Not to say that women don't do that too, but um, I'm talking in circles. But what I'm saying is I love, I hope that my brand is a place where is, it is fully inviting, no matter of who you are. And even if you don't know who you are, a place to explore. Lastly, I wanted my brand circling back to what um, I don't know if I said it on camera or, or sorry, on mic or not, but I just want to inspire at the end of the day, no matter what I do. Um, backstory, I also teach group fitness. I um, work way too many jobs, but my biggest thing is if I leave you feeling more excited about life, I've won. You know, whether that's as a dancer, as a human, as a person, as a mother, as a father, as a boyfriend, like we can all be better and there's beauty in that. And so I, it just, it fills my heart. I had a woman take my fitness class the other day and she literally said, I was going to cancel my membership, but this class really opened my eyes, reminded me how much I love myself and how much I love to give, give back to myself. And I don't mean that in an arrogant way, but I mean that in, I made that woman continue her journey on self-improvement and nothing in this world is more awe-inspiring than that. And so whether that's on a stage uh, for Cirque du Soleil, whether that's in a one-on-one -on -one, uh, fitness client, whether it's listening on a podcast, if I'm in your ears, I hope that you're like, wait, yeah, there is something to look forward to every day. That's, uh, that's my biggest thing. Uh, for my brand, inspiration, acceptance, and now I've been talking so long I can't even remember what I said for the first time. But <laughs> for the first place, openness. openness, yeah, having the open transparency, acceptance, and inspiration. I think I just I think I just titled my autobiography. So thank you yeah. for helping me with that. No, you but, your energy and your knowledge reaches so many people. So even if that's what you you want your brand to eventually be, you've already reached that. So now it's just going to grow. Like you reach so many people. And I think, I mean, as someone who's a huge fan of group fitness, just because um, a lot of the time it takes the pressure off of me, <clears throat> mm -hmm. it's easy to like push myself so hard. Like with COVID, I'm like, I have to tell myself to do 10 push-ups. And when you're in a group and you have a teacher cheering you on, it's like way easier to accomplish, you know, that, but it's so important to always have that focus of, I want to inspire people. I want to be an open book and I want people to feel like they can come to you and ask you questions and, and not feel rejected. And I think that's so good. Absolutely. I think a big fear is that anyone has dancer or non-dancer is just being rejected. And it's scary to like be rejected when you're just speaking to someone because you want their advice. And I feel like that's a lot of, other conversations and exchanges between people is like, yes, I am too good for you. I can't believe you're t asking me this. Like, I can't believe you thought that you were worth my time. And then you, then you just don't even want to step any further through the door because that door feels closed. And so it's, I will tell you that vessel for other people. The one thing I've learned in every aspect, whether it's 
dance, fitness, serving, hosting, and event planning, human connection is the number one reason we're still alive. And that's why COVID's been so hard because we've been lacking human connection. Example, group fitness. People don't go for the fitness. They go for the group, you know? And, and so it's, I've been really trying to uh, anchor myself in that. And like, I don't have to do the most. I don't have to reinvent the wheel, but I can be a human and I can smile at the, I, we've talked about this too. You could smile at the cashier and say, have a good day. Thank you so much. And it's those simple actions that you don't understand the weight of it. When you, somebody lets you in in traffic, you wave. I wrote a whole paper in college on the importance of the wave. And so, oh, it's everything. Anyways, well, um, I'm drifting away from your initial question, so I'm sorry, but, uh, but no, it was a great question. So thank you. You answered it perfectly, but I wanted to touch back on um, what you were talking about with the masculine and feminine. Um, yeah. And as an educator, like that is something I have almost fully adopted like i've gotten way better where i'm like you guys can make this masculine or you can make it feminine at the same time not only is that more welcoming to and more inclusive for the whole group on top of that it makes you a better dancer because i remember when i was in college i was like why am i not dancing with the boys like i can dance with the boys i can i can totally form to be more powerful and take up more space so it's always really good to be like okay i'm gonna find that challenge. I want to dance like the guys. I want to dance like the girls. It just makes you an overall better dancer to be playing with your masculine because we all men and women, we both have feminine sides and masculine sides. You just need to exercise them and strengthen them. So it's so great as educators. And explore them and not, not have a shame to explore them. The best dancers I know are the men that do point and the women that take men's class. Hands down. And I'm so, I think it's so beautiful now, especially social media, you know, like millennium videos, women can bust it harder than the men. And then men can sass it out and give yes. me more feminine body, yada, yada, than I've ever seen a woman do. And that, that is what's impressive to me. You can do 15 pirouettes and I'll be bored because that's science, but you know, what's cool embracing identity and expression and being okay, even to try that, that yes. is artistry to me. Oh, 100%. 100%. Man, we need to go to church, y'all. <laughs> love that. Well, Alex, thank you for your questions and thank you for answering mine so eloquently. Um, but I think we should wrap this sucker up. I mean, for a first episode, we, we covered a lot. And so um, first off, I want to thank uh, our listeners. Like I said, if you're still listening, Gold Star is like, hit us up. We will have an email in the future that you can contact us. We're just waiting to solidify exactly what our beautiful, stunning title will be. Um, but we would love to hear from you guys. Give us feedback. Um, if there's any topics that you would love to be addressed, any questions you have for us, um, we would love to hear them. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Alex, I'm just, I'm, I'm literally going back to the analogy of birth. I feel like we just birthed a child and I am like proud dad holding it in my arms and crying. So thank you so much. I'm seriously so excited and thank you so much. I just love having these conversations, but we're excited to be sharing this with our listeners and we hope you guys tune in next week. Absolutely. All right, guys. Once again, my name is Taylor Bradley and I'm Alex Yankovic. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will catch you next time. Stay cool, guys.